You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter, where we're overcoming trials with triumphs. Now, here's your host, Patty Catter. Hi, everybody. Today, I have Elsa Kurt on my show. Elsa, welcome. Well, thank you very much. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you. I've been connected with you for a little while. I've been watching your all your social media. It's super fun, especially on your TikTok. And you have a podcast yourself. So that's called the Elsa Kirk Show, right? Yep. yep. Elsa Kirk Show. Yep. And uh, you talk a lot about law enforcement. Um, before we get into that, I want you to tell my listeners just a little bit about where you came from and who you are. And then we're going to get into the juicy scoop about your podcast, what you like about it and all that jazz. So fun. I love it. So, you know, I I always like to joke that I came from basically out of the blue because I did. I don't have a, you know, long guy. I know you have an extensive background in podcasting and media and all of those things. And, and, you know, I spent a good portion of my adult life as a stay at home mom. This was just not in, it wasn't even in the thought process really. Um, and then when my kids grew up and got older and now they're adults and, and I had to figure out what I was going to do when I grew up, which was, you know, all of a sudden, uh, here I am adulting and, uh, I decided, and now we're going back like 15 years. I decided that, you know, I really like, um, I like media. I like writing. I like, um, being in front of a camera, all of these things. Uh, how did I know that was just a ham? That's basically it. And I decided to go to broadcasting school and I did that. I ended up not doing anything with it for about 15 years. Um, and then one day over dinner, you know, my husband and I were having one of the, I love telling this story because I love talking about him. Um, but my husband and I were having dinner and it was like one of those great conversational things where you're talking about like life goals, things you wish you had done, all that kind of stuff. And, um, he said, you know, what's one thing that you've always wanted to do? that you haven't done. And I said, well, I've always wanted to write a book. And he leaned forward and he said, so just do it. And for some weird reason, that was, that was the catalyst. Like, you know, I didn't, for some reason, I didn't give myself permission, but when my husband said it, it was just kind of that, that opening of the doors and my going, yeah, you know what, I'm going to do it. And that was really the beginning, uh, I think, of everything. So uh started writing books. I've written about 25 books now. And uh, it came to a point, I'm an introvert, which everybody goes, no, you're not. I'm definitely an introvert. Trust me, I, I have to like decompress for, for hours and hours after anything social. And uh, but I, yet I love it, too, at the same time. So go figure. And uh, it kind of like gradually morphed into this other stuff. I had to start putting myself out there, which was a new experience. And um, that led to the pandemic with um, TikTok. And that's when all of the adults, I don't know, I don't know (laughs) what your feelings are about TikTok, but that's where that started. I joined just like every other bored, trapped adult. And we just took over that app from all the kids. And I started making videos and I slowly got a following and I kind of just found my found my lane there um, talking and sharing about my um, status, my position as a police wife. And it was mostly through comedy. Uh, I did some spoof, like some sketch comedy videos about uh, different types of police wives you might meet and, you know, just mostly comical stuff with some serious things thrown in. And that resonated with a lot of people, angered a lot of people. 
And uh, fast forward to I woke up one morning and said, I think I'm going to do a podcast and started doing a podcast. The, the <laughs> gist of every yeah, the gist of everything is, is that I jump face first into everything I do. <laughs> we sound a lot alike, actually. I'm really? a really big introvert. And I hear a lot of podcasters are actually introverts. Go figure. Yeah, there's there's something about like there's a safety zone here, right? Like you're in your own personal space. You have like, a you know, a majority of the control. Well, I guess all of the control over your situation and everything. And I think that really fits well for, for introverts. Like we need to be able to control our environment and be done when we're done. So yeah, it's weird. And it's also perfect. (laughs) It is, it is perfect. And I love it. And I can tell you love it too. So, so this is kind of funny before you started talking for some reason, I did not realize you have books. Like, how did I not know this about you? (laughs) What? Yeah, it's my fault because, you know, that was the central focus for probably about like eight years. That was what that's what I I swear I didn't do anything other than write books for like eight years straight. I just locked myself away and just wrote and wrote and wrote and just I couldn't stop. It wasn't you know, it was a a compulsion almost that I, I just simply couldn't stop. And then when I switched gears doing other things, I kind of stopped talking about the books. So, and then the pandemic, you know, all of, I was doing probably up until then, or the lockdown technically part of it. Um, until then I was probably doing like 50 to a hundred events a year, just different types of things, author events, multi-author events, fairs, but everything you can think of. And that came to a dead stop. And once you stop, it's like really hard to get back into it, like to mentally get back into it. And, um, and I switch gears to the TikTok and I don't talk about the books that often. So that's my fault, not yours. <laughs> well, tell me about the books. I mean, we want to know about the books now. What sure. do you write? Yeah. yeah. So I started, so I always joke that I grew up with my books. I started writing children's books. Um, there's like probably, uh, I want to say about six or seven children. I don't even know how many books I've written. I mean, how awful is that? Uh, there's about six or seven children's books. Uh, one of them in particular is for law enforcement families for kids. It's uh, called My Blue Family, and it's about a little boy and his, their canine, their, their, his dad's canine dog, and just how their life is in so many ways similar to everyone else's, yet very different in very special, unique ways. And, um, you know, I wrote it not only for directly for law, young law enforcement kids, um, but also for anybody else who maybe would like a little bit of understanding of what it's like to be a law enforcement kid. And it's, it's told like it's age range is probably like six to eight, probably. And then I grew up a little bit more and I started writing uh young adult. I've got a couple of young adult fiction books out. And then I graduated into um young, I'm sorry, into women's fiction, like contemporary fiction. So all in all, and then the last one, the last one I put out was uh, a book called uh, welcome to the family life behind the thin blue line. And that is for um, spouses, partners, girlfriends, boyfriends of police officers. And for those new into our lifestyle to help them kind of get acclimated from my perspective. And I always say, I'm not, I'm not the expert here. I'm just the expert on my personal experiences, which are very relatable, I think, to much of the law enforcement community. There's always somebody that comes out and goes, you don't speak for me. I'm not, I'm not trying to speak for anybody. Just giving you a glimpse inside, um, you know, what I've seen, what I've experienced, what's helped me navigate this lifestyle and, uh, hopefully help some people out there because, um, 
you know, we want healthy, strong, emotionally healthy, strong law enforcement families so that we can send our our loved ones out to do their job and they'll be in their best mental state possible. So, you know, I think there's a I think there's a value there. Yeah, that's a huge, really good point. Um, so one of my questions is that I ask all of my guests is what's one trial you've had in your life and how did you overcome it? I could probably think of a hundred being a military or not a military spouse, a, a, a police officer spouse. Um, but I want to hear in your own words, because I mean, you have a lot of other things in life too. I don't want to place you in one little box. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. And you can add, you can add military spouse to that sort of kind of my husband's, uh, um, um, reti- uh, not retired, uh, former Marine. I never say I, yeah. former, right? I'm not supposed to say former. I take <laughs> it back. I know anybody that watches is going to go, oh, how dare you? Uh, he was in the Gulf War. He's a Gulf War veteran. And, uh, so yeah. So I we thought I remembered. Yeah. I thought I remembered that about you. And then I caught myself and I'm like, oh no, what if it's, it wasn't Elsa? <laughs> That's right. Because your husband, once a Marine, always a Marine. Always a Marine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as you can guess, like lifetime of, of service on his part. Um, you know, so for me, I had no background, no experience. There's no one in my family, my, you know, bloodline family that, uh, was in law enforcement. Um, or at that time, since we've had people, but uh, at that time, no one was in the military. So I, this whole world, this whole package was completely unique and different to me. And uh, my husband was wonderful as acclimating me to, you know, just what it's like, what, how we live and how we do. And I would say, you know, related to that, one of the biggest challenges there in that aspect of life was um, letting go of or living with the, the fear uh, the, the worry that you have as a partner to someone who goes out every day and you don't know if they're going to come home at the end of that day. That was a big adjustment. And my, my husband was wonderful at, uh, also sharing his feelings on that. And which was just basically like, you can't, you can't live in that heightened state all the time. Like you actually have to, you can acknowledge it. It's, you know, we talk about compartmentalization a lot. Um, you take it out, you know, sometimes you just open up the drawer and you take it out and you, and you, you know, shake the dust off it or blow the dust off it and acknowledge that there is always going to be worry and fear and all of those things. Um, but it's, that's the reason why you live life to the fullest. That's why you stay mad less, you know, a lot shorter time than maybe other circumstances. You forgive faster. You love, you know, all of the things. I hate to be so cliche about it, but they're all, it's all really true. You, you get this different value of time and life and what's important. So that was, you know, kind of like the challenge and the, the solution all in one sort of. And, um, the, the other general life challenge for me has been just what we talked about being, being an introvert and, you know, stepping into an arena, uh, especially as being, I'm a conservative. Um, I know it's probably hard to guess, but, <laughs> you know, uh, we're, we're not everybody's favorite. Also being a law enforcement family, not everybody's favorite, and they are very vocal about it. So the trial there was to see how well I could handle um, the negativity and the hostility. And, uh, it turns out the cool part about it is it turns out that I don't care. <laughs> they don't phase me. Um, and I did not realize that was going to be the case. I definitely thought I was going to struggle more 
with that. And it actually just makes me more of a fighter. So it's, it's been, it's been great. It's been wild, but it's been great. I actually noticed that about you because I was reading a thread that actually you tagged me in it about one more mission. And mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, Elsa can hold her own for sure. I don't even have to say anything. I'm just like watching you, you know, defend me, defend you, defend our military veterans who were signing up to go help at the um, election polls this season. And I was really proud of you. And I'm just like, wow, I, I didn't expect that from you. Honestly, you just <laughs> so sweet. And then I'm like, wow, she has her little cougar claws out. Yes. Yes. That, you know what? Uh, I, I love that you see me like you actually see me who what my personality is. And that's very uh, I love that because it's so accurate and so true. I don't I don't look (laughs) I hate I'm going to say I don't look to fight, but it's to start a fight. But I will finish, one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and if somebody backs me into a corner or, you know, accuses me of something or accuses anybody I care about uh, who I know, you know, and I know people have good intentions, pure hearts and are doing the right things. Um, I, I, yeah, those claws will come out and I'll fight you to the end. I, I have no problem doing that. And I actually, I enjoy it, you know, Mm -hmm. just bring it on. I would rather not, I would rather we could all sit down and have peaceable conversations, uh, you know, share our different opinions and be cool. Um, but that's not reality. So, you know, Mm -hmm. we deal with the reality that, that, that we're given, I guess. Right. You know, I remember a time when military veterans were really respected in our country and the same with our police officers. I don't know if you remember when the war first started in Iraq and everybody had the yellow bows and, you know, the ribbons all over their trees. And um, as the time's gone by, it's it's really um, upsetting to see the way that now they're talking about like defund the police and things like that. Um, so I also really respect the fact that you continue to speak up for our law enforcement families and the military families. It's a, it's a huge thing that I wish more people would do. And I think more people are starting to understand that they need to, because at first I think we were all being really nice and just kind of letting it slide. And you really can't be nice too much. Um, when people are starting to talk about taking away our, our rights, but not only that, those who protect us, right. Absolutely. And, you know, right back at you, too. You are such a a tremendous advocate and voice for the military. And um, and thank you so much to your husband for his service and everything that you both do um, today, now, every day in support of, um, of course, not only your husband, but all military and law enforcement, too. Uh, I agree. You're so right. You know, more people. Um, I, I have so many people that have said to me over the years in private messages, and I bet you have the same thing happen to you that will send a private message to you and say, Hey, listen, I just wanted to let you know, I'm, I'm right with you. I agree with you. I totally support, but I just can't say anything publicly because I don't want the backlash. I'm afraid. I don't know how to respond to all that. And I don't want the hassle, you know, all of those kinds of responses and I used to say, that's okay. Don't worry about it. No, no, no. I appreciate that. And that, you know, you're so right. We're at a point now where you can't sit quietly. You can't sit idly by while we're getting railroaded, while we're getting vilified um, every single day in every way. I mean, these are the people who go out every day and are willing. It's not necessarily what they do. It's what they are willing to do. Um, for complete strangers. We just lost uh, two 
um, heroes, law enforcement officers in Bristol, Connecticut, and uh, they were ambushed and they were murdered. And it, it devastated, devastated everyone in the community because it it just brings it home how real uh, this is. And you can get complacent and forget, you know, when things are quiet, when life is easy, you forget. And, um, you know, again, another kind of cliched thing, but again, so true. You know, nobody is calling a crackhead when things go wrong. You're mm-hmm. calling the police. So the same people that you are, um, I was going to swear. I'm not going to swear. <laughs> it's uh, okay. The same, sorry. The same people that you vilify today. There we go. I had to class it up a little bit. The same people that you vilify today are the ones that you're going to be calling tomorrow when you need help. And how do I know this? It happens time and again. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I actually just had a guy, he goes by the name of Texas cop 2.0 mm-hmm. and, uh, he's, he sells these t-shirts and it says something like, Oh, you, you want to defund the police. I don't know. I'm probably getting the verbiage wrong, but basically you want to defund the police. Well then call 1-800-CRACKHEAD or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I love it. Yeah. It's yeah. so true. It's a, you know, and it's, it's all based on such lies. It's based on media lies that, and, and um, you know, activist lies and all those things. What's really happening is you are, you know, if you're defunding the police, you are typically taking funding away from areas who need policing the most and you're depriving them of safety and of help. And there, and if you go out and you talk to these people, and this has been proven time and again, there's, there are statistics, there's all of the, the data to show this when you go out into these impoverished communities and you talk to these people, they tell you, we don't want to define, we need the police, you know, when they're not. And as we can see by all of the, again, the data, the statistics, um, when, where there are less policing in these types of areas, there's higher crime. It's just a given. It's just obvious. They serve as a deterrent and as protectors when things do happen. Um, you know, it's just common sense and it's very, very frustrating to watch and listen to uh, what some people say mm-hmm. and believe. Right. I agree. I just picture in my head like that little kid who's trying to call 911 because the, his mom's getting beaten. Who's going to come help? You know, right. just, I mean, there's so many stories like that. Um, now, tell my listeners, if you would, um, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the fastest, easiest thing to do is probably to go to elsacurt.com. It's got all of my links, everything. Um, but I'm on, I'm on all the platforms. I think I'm on all the platforms. I'm on, uh, TikTok, of course, as the other Elsa. That's like the only one with a kind of a different name. Um, TikTok, the other Elsa, official Elsa Kurt on Instagram, um, and Facebook. A lot of things are the Elsa Kurt show. Generally, it's a unique name. So if you type Elsa Kurt into a Google search, uh, a lot of stuff will probably come up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I know. I think the only other Elsa I've heard of is the the one on Frozen. <laughs> yes, probably, exactly why. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly why I picked the other Elsa for <laughs> for TikTok because people always say, "Oh, Elsa, like from Frozen," and I would always go, "No, the other Elsa." Mm-hmm. So I just ran with it. <laughs> I love it. It's really catchy. Uh, well, thank you for being on the show. And what would you tell my listeners just to wrap it up? I'm going to put you on the spot. If you could tell them one thing, I don't care what it is just off the top of your head. What do you want to tell them? Because they're listening. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Well, you know what? Um, very topical right now. I'm going to tell them, get out there and vote. 
please vote, make your voice be heard. Um, it is so imperative. Don't rest on um, the hope and wish that other people will do it, you know, and, and make things go the way you want it to go. Get out there and vote. Um, be involved. Be aware. And uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, be a good be a good human. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you everybody for listening. And again, if you're watching, you can see Elsa's um, social media handles down below. If you're in the car driving and you didn't have a chance to write it down, you're going to be able to go back to the show notes or to my website, pattycatter.com and pull Elsa's show. Thank you, Elsa, again, for being on. I really appreciate you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Have an amazing rest of your week. Thank you for listening. Please head over to pattycatter.com for the latest updates on Patty, her talk show, and what she's up to. You can also find her on Amazon TV and Roku and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Patty Catter. Until next time.